on topic. Where were we, James? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we were talking about the father, weren't we? We were. The, the father of all complexes, to go along with the mother of all complexes. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to link it back. Are you talking about simplifying things? Yeah. Which is always a good thing. Mm. Yeah. If so, you possibly can. Yeah. So we're going to keep that in, aren't we? Because that's funny. Yeah, of course we yeah, are. Great. Good. So we'll have a crossfade now, won't we? Hello everybody and welcome back to Young To Live By. Now today we're talking about a maybe our most requested topic on the channel so far. I'd say from the very beginning when we started this and especially since we started doing our series on the mother complex. And that's of course the father complex. Our, pre our, our previous video which we're really, really humbled for the feedback and the yes, support Yes, thank on. you. Thank you everyone for that. Mm. Thank you. It meant a, a great deal to us. Thank you. Mm. That, that serves as an introduction from here. It's moving away from the mother and onto the father just like you do or you should do in healthy lifespan development. I think maybe the best way to kick this off is to ask the both of you, um, are there any specific pathologies that go along with a father complex in the broadest sense? Well, yeah. Um, the way to approach this is to reduce it right down to the role of the father and essentially that is to provide the interface between the family and the outside world. So when pathologies do emerge later on you can usually find that that's at the core of it, that's the nucleus of the father complex is relating to the outside world. Even before issues of identity or anything else might arise with respect to the influence negatively of the father that is the ancients, the archaic, the primordial role of the father is to prepare children to face the outside world. So that's what you get. Um, it's a disturbance of relating to the outside world. And if you're talking about a male child, even though the influence is coming from the father, then in Jungian terms it will affect the boy's anima. And this is how the so-called contrasexual archetype can, or complex, can zigzag its way through the genders down the, you know, the, the, the familial line. And it's another reason, again, I'll emphasise it again, why I avoid using the terms anima and animus, except in a very generic and descriptive sense, because in real-world application it's all about relating. And the gender element is a distraction and, and an illusion very often. So to go back to what you're saying then, James, fundamentally it's to do with relationships to the outside world, anything beyond the boundary of the family, because the father represents that boundary. Initially, and in an archaic sense, it's protective. Uh, but then providing the basic uh, frustrations that the outside world will bring to the child. And this is where it's difficult for fathers, because they do communicate that. They have to communicate those limitations and boundaries. The mother provides, or should, in an archaic, and I'm thinking in an archaic, a paleolithic sense here, not in a politically correct sense, not in the sense that might be determined by our present zeitgeist or culture, <laughs> but right down in the archaic level of experience, the mother provides the caring and the nurturing, the safety, the environment within the nuclear family um, that nurtures the child, but then as the child explores the outside world, the father provides or should provide both safety and instruction about the limitations that will come from that outside world. There are lots of good reasons for that. Obviously the, the survival of the child is important, but psychologically it can prevent inflation. If you imagine a child who gets everything he or she wants, absolutely everything, and is overly mothered in that sense, then they'll get one hell of a shock when they encounter the outside world. 
So the father really should nurture the understanding that the world is an unfriendly place and that uh, hierarchies form, social hierarchies within the group, the tribe, the nation, in order to protect society as a whole. So it's the extended contact with the world that the father is responsible for communicating the right way of doing to the child, male or female. This is going to sound really crude, mm. but when you're, when, you're, when you're talking it reminds me of street smarts. The father gives the street smarts to, yeah, to the yeah. kid in a way. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. That, that he should be. I mean, again, in a Paleolithic environment, and I would always go back to that because that's where everything was laid down. Our genome still resonates to a Stone Age level of adaptation as mm. its baseline. Absolutely has to. There are predators in the Paleolithic environment. There are also resources. So there are threats and there are opportunities. If a child goes out without understanding those things into that kind of environment, he or she will not live very long. That's not good for the genome. So the genome will set in limitations and amongst them will be a homeostatic regulation that will involve the father as being the interface with the wider world. That will be a social environment, it will be a natural environment. Insofar as the father performs a good enough role, he will be a good enough father. Insofar as he doesn't, that will affect every subsequent relationship the child has outside of the family and may generate an over-reliance on the mother. And if the mother is not up to her task as well, then you have a fundamental issue for that child in relating. So their anima or their animus, female, sorry, male and female respectively, um, will develop accordingly. And we can say, in, in which case, that relating in this sense is, because you're talking about uh, the genome and the Paleolithic times, is basically adaptation to a psychosocial environment yeah. which other species do not have. It's like unique to human beings. This is true. This is true. And uh, in our present zeitgeist, this is politically incorrect because the emphasis is very much on culture rather than on biology. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to hold the book up now, which is politically incorrect. But I recommend you read it. Tiger and Fox, that's Lionel Tiger and Robin Fox, The Imperial Animal. This was uh, first published in the 1970s and this particular edition was released in the late 1990s. This is interesting in a number of ways. They're anthropologists, so they're not really uh, ordinary social scientists, nor are they psychologists, but they're very much interested in the biology of culture. They're not sociobiologists, they're not connected to E.O. Wilson, someone else who is politically incorrect. But they offered the suggestion that within the genome is an anticipation of social adaptation and the, the creation of culture. Mm. Must be. Yeah, I mean, for those who are familiar with um, the work of Noam Chomsky and his idea of a language acquisition device within the brain which allows children to learn language, they suggest that there is a cultural acquisition device as well, in broad terms. But if you were to break that down, that would be hardwired within the brain a set of rules, virtual rules and virtual anticipations to do with the environment that anticipate culture, cultural learning, cultural transmission, that kind of thing. The father as an idea within the genome, within a, as a virtual representation of a male caregiver, will be present in some form within that. They call it the biogramma. Uh, of the species. This is similar to Jung's ideas of archetypes, but they're not the same. They're not in an isomorphic relationship. 
So you can say it's not really a justification for Jung's idea of archetypes. It's more along the lines of the kind of thing that Eric Goodwin at the moment is looking into. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and also other, other uh, scientists as well, uh, cognitive neuroscientists for example. But yeah, it's, it's an anticipation within the genome for sure. Mm, makes and, perfect uh, sense. and we have it as a species un uniquely. Mm. Uh, what, what do you think, Paul, from the, the perspective of a girl with the, the father as an issue? Well, it's a very different experience, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's hard to know how relevant it's going to be f for the guys who are watching, really. But I think we're, there's a number of ways it, it can go. Like you say, Steve, that if you have the kind of father who is um, maybe either absent uh, physically and or emotionally, then it will make that transition for a daughter to into the outer world much more difficult. Um, it might mean that they're more uh, naive about men and the ways of the world and, and how men really are. Again, I think, as you were saying, in that Paleolithic sense, mm -hmm. that they're less likely to um, spot the bad boys mm -hmm. along the way and so mm -hmm. they, they, they fall prey to those kinds of things. But I think also, too, where the father has almost been too involved with their daughter and maybe been... Um, overly protective as opposed to absent then you can get a, a, a different kind of adaptation where the daughter almost has um, a kind of an over-reliance on men to do things for her and as, as a daughter and, and as a woman in her own right there's a kind of fragility psychological yeah. fragility about her um, and because of that, then she will then, as you rightly say, Steve, uh, when she goes out into the outside world, she's seeking uh, relationships um, with other men and developing her, her ability to relate, then she's likely to fall into that adaptive pattern of looking for men who will support her psychologically in a similar way to yeah. what her father did. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, that, that may because the relationship on the surface may appear to be good between the father and the daughter, that, that's one that slips under the radar because yeah. it, it's not as obvious yeah. as if you've no. got a father who's maybe, um, you know, either absent or, or brutal or mm. aggressive, you know, emotionally in some way. So it's, again, it's more of a, of, of a subtle thing, but nonetheless, it, it causes injury yeah. and, and it causes problems with adaptation for the yeah. daughter. So I guess just like with the son, there's a number of ways in which it can play no, out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. So a father then who contained the daughter in that sense, um, which would be a play on the idea of the Electra complex, mm. which yes. is the, the female side of uh, the Oedipal complex yes. of Freud. Yeah. Um, the Oedipus complex is a, a Freudian myth, I, I, I'll, I'll use that term, in the sense that you definitely find cases where it is true, but there is the obverse, in a sense, it's hidden inside of that, uh, where there is the abuse from the parents rather than the attachment from the child uh, that can cause problems. Uh, that, that's a topic, really, I think, for another video all on, on its own. That, actually, yeah. all, yeah. all on its own. But, but it's an important thing because... Where a father overprotects a daughter, yeah. there's an unconscious 
Electra element there, there but it's is. not coming from the girl it's coming from the father absolutely and yeah. that's a boundary issue again he, he's yes. not providing that transition from the family mm. and into the social context properly well that's right yeah, yeah. you create a kind of a, you know in Jungian terms the Puella like an eternal girl yeah. situation Ooh, where yeah. the daughter fails to adapt and have her own inner strength yeah. and to be able to adapt to the outer world which obviously you know is is a very harsh environment mm. and um, to be overprotective, for the father to be overprotective is not necessarily a good thing for the daughter and no. like you said it says, says more about him than it does about the daughter yeah really absolutely yeah. There's, there's an attachment issue too there is. uh, because yeah. uh, that will have uh, a bad consequence for the girl if she can't separate herself from the father as the father ages uh, yes. becomes ill yeah. maybe he dies suddenly uh, yeah. when he's young. That would uh, be shocking, wouldn't that it? That would be very, very shocking yeah. because then there is nothing to interpret the outer world yeah. or to filter it for yes. us. You'd be cut adrift. Mm. And if she's not been helped to form relationships with men beyond the father mm. and the father dies mm. and she's still young and within her reproductive years uh, and a normal social adapter, all of that will be affected. Mm. So that would be the kind of quality that would emerge, isn't it, really, uh, specifically to do with father and daughter, father, daughter yeah. where the father complex is active. On, on, yes. on that then, if, if we run with that, there's a theme in lots of movies where you've got the, a, a daughter, maybe she's in high school or college in America, mm. and she, she's got a father, obviously, and she brings a boy around, and it could be the nice boy or the bad boy, mm. and the father goes, no! He's not good enough. He's not good enough. He's not good enough yes. for my daughter. Yes. Or, but doesn't that imply then that no man would ever be good enough I for think, his daughter? I think absolutely it does imply that, and and you could see, you know, just how damaging that would be. Mm. Um, particularly like uh, Steve says, if suddenly the father is no longer there. Mm. Mm. And how does she then, you know, mediate with the outside world? You know, that 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 rock that she's been used to uh, relating to as, as her father is no longer there. And yet, you know, she can't uh, extend or, or um, engage with other men beyond her father in the outside world mm -hmm. because he was he was so influential on her. And that's that's a deep wound, really. Mm. So we, we could see that manifesting then as a general in whatever form subtle or otherwise yes. a disengagement from men in a romantic sense yes so even if it's like for example the woman gets anxious around men to pull back something like that anything like that yeah. with the complex is basically whispering in, in the ear daddy yes all the time yes absolutely and you know some women I think struggle lifelong with that it's like the you know regardless if they do manage to get into a, a relationship that that longing for the father still persists over time particularly if it's not accommodated in the relationship that uh, she might have subsequently had so yes it, these things do have long-lasting effects so they do play out over and over again and you know you see it I mean I, I have it with say have it in my family rather than our family uh, with my sister mm. for example yeah. who found herself in a relationship with a much much older man 19 I mean, years old he was about it? yes I it think it was yeah it was yeah. about that wasn't it yeah. and um, that was quite an interesting scenario mm. so much as um, she wasn't a particularly maternal person my sister um, but she kind of, she hooked up with this guy when she was probably in her early 30s, would you say? It was 1983, so you can work that out really. Um, 
She's born in 1957, so 26, yeah. 25, 26. Oh, right, so mid-20s. So just approaching that trick wire. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and she kind of held off on having children, obviously, for quite some time. I think she got... Um, 1991. Was it when she got pregnant with her yeah. son? he was born in December, wasn't yeah. he? So yes, nine, he was, nine months yeah. back from that in yeah. the same so year. She was, I know she yeah. was 34 when she had him. Yeah. And it was almost as if she was being pushed... Uh, biologically to reproduce oh, yeah. without a doubt mm -hmm. and I think that it's sad to say but I think the one time that they actually had some kind of a physical relationship together she got caught yeah. and it was almost as if circumstances had arranged themselves in order yeah. for, for yeah, that to yeah. happen oh yes so I, I can I can see a, a comment brewing here Steve yeah yeah um, it's just because I, I have a particularly good memory you do have um, a good memory and that's fine yeah. For dates and yeah. for, for context. Um, yeah, they were together eight years just over before she got pregnant and she was she was obviously getting very, very upset about that. She hated the idea of children, didn't want children and as you say, she mm. she just found herself being forced into it. She was an awful mother. He was 19 years old, he had a family beforehand, he yes. was already a father. Yes, he was. And he became a replacement for your father yes, and your sister's father definitely. for her because uh, she had failed to adapt to relationships. Mm. Uh, she had a horrible aspect to her. Um, I'm being perfectly honest when I say that, uh, she, it's like she had the worst of your parents condensed mother and father into one person, into again. one personality. Yeah. Uh, and she was attracted to bad boys. Oh yes. Um, bad well, boy. she was encouraged by my dad actually she, to I, be. I'm yes. guessing there, mother. Yes, guessing there. no worries. So she was encouraged, as you say, by your dad to do that, and she was injured and hurt by it, and it mm. made her hateful and resentful towards men. And then she went into a relationship with him to try, I believe, and counter your father and her father with another father. Oh yes. Uh, but he already had baggage. Without a doubt. Uh, yeah. And he already had a, gr had a grown up family. And, yeah, he did. Um, yeah. When he died, actually, um, eventually, as we all did, <laughs> but when he did, that caused terrific problems, which we know about and there's no yes. need to go into, but it's to do with family uh, yes. issues and, yes. and what have you. But yeah, so she, she, she had a, fa a massive father transference onto him, but at the same time resented him because she was being pulled by her instincts towards bad boys and, and mm. she would have loved to have turned out that way but they weren't that interested in her to be quite blunt she wasn't an attractive girl uh, both in her appearance or in her character and that meant she was just used and dropped and so she just picked up on some guy who'd been through the process had a family that had split up he was a father and she was looking for the father replacement to heal that wound oh, and yeah. probably at the same time heal the injury of her own instincts, not knowing which way to go and how to solve yes. her own personal equation mm. in relation to her animus, uh, her relating function. Um, the idea that, that you mentioned about the one and only time that came later when the trouble, when the trouble in their relationship post the birth of that child, which actually widened the gap because they were both immature psychologically, despite their age. Mm. Um, the resentment between them just grew. Oh, she, she seemed to, to hate him because she got pregnant, but she was being impelled by her instincts to do it. Mm. And because she was out of touch of her instincts, she was unconscious and she was resentful and, and nasty towards everybody. She basically turned on him 
uh, and then he had to have an alibi for why he got in that state and then part of the family myth was that it only ever happened that time anyway and so on uh, and they were incompatible and all of that stuff and, and that's how things can go wrong it's a good example really it is a good example uh, of how yes. things can go wrong in yes. relation to uh, the influence of the father yeah and, and a lot of it were, of course um, was downloaded into the son which you would kind of expect she would physically abuse him well in, she would she would yeah. I, I mean I've, I've seen her do it Me too. Um, and, and he would be a relatively young child at the time maybe around two or three yeah and she would and actually older. physically sit on him she'd wrestle him to the she ground would. aggressively she and would. sit on his chest she to subdue would. him in yeah. our house yeah in front of us yeah um what yes oh yes which i well what she would do is she would let him uh run riot through the house damaging yes. things that's right yeah and glare at me as if to challenge me to say something about that mm. because this is part of the attitude towards men Mm. Like, uh, and then she will display how she can control him. Yeah. And so she wrestled him to the floor and yes. sat on him. Or yeah. you just kick them out of the house and never invite them back again. Well, well, it came to that eventually. Okay. But yeah, yeah, it's a family issue, so I, is. I had to appreciate that it was Pauline's sister and, and, and all of that. But obviously, my own instincts were totally against that, mm. against the abuse, and mm. uh, not only of the child, but the, mm. the abuse of the wider relating function, which had to do with how yeah. she would relate to me. Yes. Um, and how she would re uh, relate. Oh, to she Pauline. was definitely hostile towards you, mm. and you know that it. Just just shows how complicated families are really because my mom who'd obviously had an awful relationship with my dad at this point had replaced him with somebody else yeah. and because she was a relatively uh, gentle caring person on the positive side uh, she kind of scooped um, I can't really say his name no, no. but but um, my sister's uh, son up and he became the child of their relationship yeah. and uh, it just shows how complicated these things yeah. get yeah. and you could understand from a child's point of view how he'd be drawn towards them because at least on the mm. surface mm. they were they were being yeah. kind and supportive but of course well, it was fulfilling a need in them the guy the, the 19 years older guy of yes. your sister was like, was not a good father to him so he went to what was in effect a replacement grandfather as a replacement yes, father. Yes, he did do that. So again, you can see where, yes. the, where those wounds come in. And also yeah. his mother was such a, I won't say it, that his relating function, his anima was obviously severely damaged by that. Yeah. Oh, um, yes, without a doubt. And um, yeah. I don't know whether we should, should go there, but even some of the interactions between him and our son, because they were cousins, yeah, yeah. were a little bit iffy and again it just shows how it suggested it, something that was going on in the background it, it, potentially it did. Yeah. yes and also yeah. when your father died and obviously your sister's father died i remember mm. where we were we were in your mother's house mm. and she was there and she turned your sister turned mm. to me and just said i hate you i remember that you know, uh, yes. oh, where's that come from it's an interesting yes. psychodynamic yes because yeah. why would you do that yeah i mean your own man is there yes. if you're going to hate a man why don't mm. you hate your own man because yeah. your father's died yeah but instead of resenting him she resented me because of course you'd reject her oh, it did, totally. But yeah. but that explains it, doesn't it? Really, yeah, it, it does. That you were the man she wanted, and you were. Well, it's true. At one level. At one level. But yes. but there's also the the idea of the image of the male, the animus, mm. the father. Oh yeah. We were getting on obviously fine, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that stood the test of time. Yes. 
that's what she hated and resented. She'd mm. lost her father, mm. she was stuck with someone 19 years older. Yeah. And, uh, and she'd made a play for you. She did. At the, at, yeah, yeah, she right, had that was right going at the, I know, <laughs> but, right, yeah. but she had, and I yeah. know you don't like to talk about no. that, but no. it yeah. is nonetheless true, and obviously that's yeah. a rivalry between sisters to yeah. some extent. Yeah, yeah. 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 Can, can, can I ask then, um, do you think your family, Pauline, then, mm. was particularly out of the norm? <laughs> <laughs> you might think so, but. Um, it's no, not necessarily I'd say not. I'd say not. I, 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 oh, sorry, I, that was a question was for you. I beg your pardon. Uh, sorry, everybody. Well, I think that was probably the right answer, those two. Thank you for that. Um, no, probably not growing up in it. It certainly didn't seem that way no, from, uh, from the inside. My experience... It was pretty standard. Yeah. Uh, of other families yes. growing up was is that it's just part of the, the way that everything mixes. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's a particular expression of a, a, a combination that's common yes. enough. Mm. So it's mm. not, and, and also there's so many people that, that we meet at the moment through Young to Live By yeah. who've suffered from a combination of factors which could yeah, be said yeah. to be similar. Yes. So in that sense it wasn't unusual. Yes. But the main reason I wanted to, and I'm sorry if I've overstepped the boundary, Pauline on the camera, you know, not this one, <laughs> one watching in the future. If this isn't censored, you know she's approved it. <laughs> Um, the reason I wanted to mention is I thought it was exemplary mm. in an average way. Yes, it is. So many families have these kind of dynamics, yes, but yes. The, the thread that runs through it is the father. Oh, definitely. In one form or another. Yeah. Your father damaged mm. both of you in different ways, mm. and how that effect took was dependent partly upon your innate character. Mm. In both cases, mm -hmm. character is not personality type. Character has nothing to do with your Myers Briggs letters. It's deeper than that. The, yeah. the Myers-Briggs type, where it's applicable at all, is merely the filter that expresses character. Um, your sister's character is totally different to yours, baseline, mm -hmm. and that would mean that whatever happened within yeah. your common environment would affect her differently. Yeah. Well, psychologically, um, really, she was like the son he never had, and where, um, I've told this story before, have, my yeah. personal myth, yeah. how, how he obviously wanted sons. So she kind of fulfilled that role, mm. but. For me it was very different, as you say, because we're very different characters and I think what that did to me was it was a very brutal initiation mm. into the real world Yeah. and that was shocking yeah. in and of itself and mm. to go into sort of the world of work at 18 mm. and to find, you know, that it was um, such a... a you know, such a difficult place to be and with no resources really to fall back on because the way hadn't yeah. been paid for me yeah. to um, to sort of... And that's my point. Yes. That's what we're saying. That, yes, that, it that, is. Um, the father that contains one daughter out of two mm. in this, in that, in this uh, example, mm. you were contained and controlled mm. and she was sent out mm. to be basically promiscuous, whereas you, you, were, you were kept in reserve. You know, and that's that's him. There was something wrong with him, and with his anima. Oh, for sure. And then how that filtered <laughs> down and yeah. fed into your animus and mm. into your sister's animus. But mm. yet your your what's the plural of animus? Your anima, anima, yeah. animus eye, whatever. That's that's conscious of a very unfortunate. Yes, it did, uh, didn't image. it? Yeah. yeah. Anima will do. Yeah, animus eye. Ah, yes. Well, <laughs> we all have one. Never mind. It's but, um, tying you up right now. <laughs> it's the difference. And yes. that's partly to do with character and partly to do with the selective pressures put upon you by that which shaped your respective animus. Mm. 
uh, and then of course there's your mother's oh, uh, yes. animus as yes. well and how yes. that was formed well, and interacted. A, well yes because yeah. that was a double whammy yeah. really like yeah. I say I had that kind of brutal initiation into life by him not you know yeah. providing the way and she had a weak animus so she was completely mother, yeah. my mother was completely yeah. and utterly useless yeah. in that regard yeah which yeah. um, is so, not a good so combination. He, he was not a good father no, in no, any way. No. And uh, he didn't provide the proper support for you both. He, he didn't filter your experience correctly oh. with the outside world and yeah. allow you to be released yeah. into the world properly. Yeah. Um, and the same happened with your sister. Mm. And that produced a series of bad relationships for her mm. that meant that she ended up marrying a father figure and then hating him. Yes. That, that's an example, a lived example, of the damage the father complex can do, if you like, for, uh, to a girl. But this is, this is another good point. Do we talk about the animus, the father complex? What? what? Yes. What's the difference? Yeah. Where are they similar? Yeah. If you think about the relating function, it makes it simpler. It because does. that's what actually happens. So what's the difference between the animus in a woman and the father complex? What is it? Mm. Well, one is, is, is definitely... In most cases, angled towards pathology, it seems, whereas the relating mm. function is something which you can adjust more readily because it's natural. We're, we all have this innate expectation that we will relate. And that includes what these guys talk about and have talked about for 50 years to do with the expectation biologically of adapting to culture and then the role of the father within that. So the relating function is, is neutral. The father complex is bipolar in the sense it can be positive or negative, bits of both probably. But for, for most women it seems it has a dark side to it, hence what you've discovered yes. over your 40 years of experience yourself um, to do with, with the, the image of the bad boy, the pallid yes. re uh, representation of that, uh, the blue beard myth, mm -hmm. all of these things and then lived experience shows that there is that inclination with the father complex for a woman to be different in some way than it is to a boy. And of course the equivalent for the, the young boy is the mother complex. But the relating function is different. It's innately neutral. Yeah. There's yeah. a qualitative difference there. Well if, if, if Rossi's correct and the complex is a state dependent memory learning behaviour, yeah. then that means that regardless of your experience of your father, your relating function is still there. It's as if, um, maybe this is right, maybe, maybe this is not, this, under certain conditions, which could be massive, or even everything really, if it's mm. about relating, the father complex just gets control of the animus. Mm. But he doesn't have to be in control of the animus. You can yeah. scrape it or yeah. get mm. away or change the influence that it has over yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and when we talk about that, there's a problem, I think, and I know you guys know this, you, you, we've all shared this, this together, the, the idea that if, if we talk about the animus and then the father complex, you're beginning to drift away into very weird reified ideas. Yeah, you, you go away from which, what, what which presents naturally. You go away from, from real life and you start to go into the hypnotic induction of fantasy images mm. and it takes you away, yeah. it lowers consciousness and if you want to help people in a relationship do not go on about the anima or the animus necessarily. There are, there are conditions under which that's important to do. But in, in relationship therapy, um, if you talk about the relating factor within the relationship between the people concerned, they understand that. If you start to talk about yes. the anima and the animus, it's like, what? It's just unnecessary. It, it's unnecessary. You, you then have to learn a whole classification 
know, of, 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 of I'm suffering. And Here's like, Yule's collected words. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm going to make you very ill now because I'm going to give you all this crap that will make you feel even worse than when you came in. With all these strange ideas that don't belong in your personal life or anything to do with your relationship, but you have an anima and an animus. No, you relate. That, that's what you do. And relating is instinctive. To give Jung his credit, when he talks about the negative effect of the parents, you can find their videos, good ones on YouTube, there are a lot of bad ones out there where people just basically read Jung out of a book as if it was an original idea. I mean, come on, get some real experience. Are you, are you saying that when someone comes in suffering to me, I should stop giving them ion to read? Yeah. That... Yeah. Unless they're on the way to the toilet or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. If they've got IBS or something. Yeah. <laughs> Irritable book syndrome. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. This is one of the worst offenders. It's a nice book. It's not scary. There are plenty of worse, more scary books than this. Yeah. Anyway, that, that, that's aside, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll try, I'll try and get back on track. Well, well with, with, with the case study that you gave Pauline yeah. about, yes. about like, your, own, your own family, it's, mm. one, I think it's very surprising, I was like, struggling to keep up in places because you've analysed it so much in a practical sense. Yes. So like, for guys watching, or girls, girls in particular girls watching, it's like, well, I, I, I notice symptoms. That's always the way to start with like practicality with this, I think. I've got symptoms. And obviously people aren't going to be expected to understand everything you guys do, but it mm. just goes to show how complicated things can be. Yes. I, think, I do think that's exemplary in that way. Yeah, it's the ability to resolve things down. Mm. Yeah. That's important. Don't make them bigger than they are. And if, if you overburden people with theory, that's what you're doing. You're making it worse. To make it better, you have to remove those things. Uh, theories are virtual ideas. They are not real. Uh, real people are real. Real relationships are important. So uh, resolve it down. Don't complicate the picture. But what I was saying about the YouTube videos, there are some I can't recall the name of the guy. There's one guy who does really well uh, where he quotes Young and he uses a lot of old films to illustrate uh, what goes on. Uh, we'll put it in the description if we can find it mm. again. Uh, but he, he talks about the uh, Young in this particular uh, video that I'm thinking of right now about the negative effects of a positive mother complex. But he, he talks about it in the sense that it's the anima. Uh, okay, well, what really, to, to cut all that crap away, what he really means is that, that when the influence of the mother has apparently been positive, it can affect a young boy's relating generally across the board, and that then brings about characteristic issues in that young man's life. That's all you need to know. Dump the rest of the theory. Let's get down to sorting this out. Can you pass me that one? The, the, the book, uh, oh, sorry. you want your little stuff? Yeah, one of them, yeah. It's like a library, isn't it, Jane? That's a library. We may as well, mightn't we? Should we pop this here? Oh, good God, no. <laughs> is, that, is that in front of you? Your mush is it there, Paul? Or... No, you can still see it. Can we see it? I don't mind things covering my mush, but preferably not that. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, yeah, how to sort this out, yeah. Can I just, just put a disclaimer in? This is a copy of Ion that Pauline bought me, um, which is separate to the rest of the collected works. And I do treasure it, um, but only because she bought it. <laughs> uh, lovely little message here. Oh, no. 13th of July, 1982. If you can zoom in on that. And I've read it 
in paperback form before then. I'm very familiar with this book, believe me. So that's 38 years old, this one. And of course I've got it in the Collected Works and I've got it in other forms as well. So I know how I know I know about this book and James Paul and I will be doing an Ion Revisited series and we will look at it from a proper perspective, not an inflated, uh, stupid, drunken, boyo, drugged. I'm out. Um, <laughs> we'll look at it properly. We'll look at it at its significance in terms of the history of psychodynamics. We'll look at it in terms of its history of uh, depth psychology, uh, cultural context, uh, including its present misuse uh, in the culture as well. This is not a book to be afraid of. I, I respected it for a long time. Uh, and then once I fully, fully understood this in its context, then I regard it as a book I once read. And that's it. Thank you. So, back on topic. Where were we, James? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we were talking about the father, weren't we? We were. The father of all complexes, to go along with the mother of all complexes. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to link it back. You're talking about simplifying things, yeah. which is always a good thing, mm. yeah, if you so, possibly can. Yeah, so we're going to keep that in, aren't we, because that's funny. Yeah, of course we are. Great, good. So we'll have a crossfade now, won't we? Jane crossfading. <laughs> <laughs> an, an incident, or whatever it is. Well, you can leave this in if you like. But, you, you, um, you could put some music underneath it or something. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, to, uh, keeping things simple is, is very, very important. Um, experience does that. Life experience tells you to resolve things down. Inexperience compensates for the lack of it with the overgeneration of ideas. That's always the way. Mm. Um, but when, when it comes down to, to working with issues like the father complex, do not overburden. For those guys who want to work in the real world rather than the virtual world of their own head, if you want to work with other people, well, it's the truth. I've done it. I've been <laughs> Just reminded me of certain people. <laughs> I've spent a lot of time in there. It's not a pleasant place. It's far better to relate to the real world. So, when, when, you, when you do relate to real people, you're trying to laugh at me. I am not doing anything of the sort. <laughs> okay, yeah, when it comes to working with real people, you do need to simplify things and keep it down. There is such a thing as a father complex, there is such a thing as a mother complex. You can demonstrate this, and Jung did it, and I'm going to show you another book by Jung, which is a good book. There you go. Oh, it's a good book. Volume 2. Now for my next Experimental Researches. Volume 2 of the Collective Works, very early on in the series. This is far more important than I am. Far, far more important. You only, need, you only need an ion to ion your Thank clothes. You, this though is real. This will give you, if you're a budding psychotherapist in the real world who wants to work in depth, this will give you the foundation along with um, Breuer and Freud's studies on hysteria. I think this is on the same level as that. And if you want to know what Freud's position was on this, then read his five essays 
book, uh, which he delivered at Clark University in 1909. Uh, Jung was with him, that was in the United States. Uh, a very interesting take on complexes from Sigmund Freud then, because he was still working closely with Jung. Uh, Jung lost his way after that, unfortunately. We all know what happened to him. He started to write in uh, this uh, cherry-coloured little manuscript book of his and went quietly insane, which is sad. If he'd have kept this up, we wouldn't have had the monstrosity of cognitive behavioural therapy. Because this kills it. Kills it stone dead. This is where complexes are at. This is an important work in the canon of psychotherapy. I think if you pause, pause, pause just for a second, I think we're actually into a different video now. But I'm more than happy to keep going. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, th I think we, we could have, like, I think we actually hit an actual breaking point. Oh, Because wow. we could turn this into the reading list. We could. Yeah, uh, I haven't uh, finished on the father complex. Have I? I've only just got going. Oh no. Oh dear me. Uh, okay, let's let us sort it in anything later, just we'll keep the conversation going. Just yeah, keep, yeah. Going. keep the conversation yeah. going. What's this doing here? I don't know, you put it there. Where did that come from? I must, I must have unconsciously you placed that there. This is a model of the Rosetta Stone. And this was that which was found in Egypt by a French linguist, Champollion. And from this he was able to decipher Egyptian hieroglyphics, the unknown language, and it's the same message and nobody had realised that, although it's obvious, some of it's in Greek, some of it's in cursive demotic and some of it's in hieroglyphs. This is the way the unconscious works in relation to consciousness. Consciousness is the language of the Greeks, the educated, enlightened mind, which unfortunately with a lot of contemporary philosophers is all that they have. They don't have an understanding of the deeper levels of the psyche. The job of a psychotherapist who works in depth is to translate the different levels of the mind so that the messages that originate within the unconscious, metaphorically or by allegory, within hieroglyphs get translated into the language of consciousness. That is the psychotherapeutic process for Freud and also for Jung as well. So it's a useful thing to have around as a reminder. This is our job. And when it comes down to the parental complexes, the patient will come in with an untold to consciousness story. There's been a lot of repression, a lot of damage in terms of self-esteem, in terms of how they relate to themselves and relate to others. And the actual solution to the problem is now metaphorically written in Egyptian hieroglyphs and they can't get to it. They can't read the language. It's the job of the therapist to bring that out and through. That's the untold story. That's the narrative. That's the personal myth, the thing that will solve the problem. If we don't access the personal myth, for example, this is in context, if we don't solve that, we will not be able to unravel those earlier maladaptations that were caused by the parental complexes for both sexes and both kinds of parental complex. What they damage is the relating function, for sure. Relating internally, relating externally. But don't go on about the anima animus archetype and the animus complex and the mother-father complex. Well, there's six things when there's really only two, not six. Strip away the shit you don't need. Get down to the, bur the bare bones of it. That's what a, a good, practical, real-world therapist will do. Sorry for the rant. I, I didn't get any sleep last night, so I'm blaming it on that. I was up all night answering emails and things. Oh no, it's well gone today. Oh, no. <laughs>
Like a bacon special in room now. Bail out. It's a, a one man <laughs> show today, I think. Yeah, I must be having an abasement yeah. of consciousness. <laughs> What do you think about um, Mysterium Canuctionis? Oh. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's probably the ramblings of a psychiatric patient in disguise. Now you've done it. Well, it's the truth. If, if you turned up with that in a psychiatric unit, you wouldn't get out again for a very long time. If, if, if you produced that, the contents of that, Without it being in, say, an orthodox religious context. Oh yes. If you do oh, that, yes. be considered normal. Just about. If you strip it of that, then it starts to look psychiatric. That this is just the truth in the real world. I'm not saying it's valueless. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm pointing out is the shadow cast by works like that. The shadow that will fall on people as an impression that will penetrate deep into their own unconscious and then mobilise unactualised aspects of your own life, they then become systematised, they draw your attention to them and you start to live your life by proxy through that kind of thing. It's an allegory, it's a metaphor, it is not real. You can have it as a model in your mind that is an illustrative metaphor or allegory of the process, but it is not real, do not mistake it for being real. If you do, you'll end up in a psychiatric unit. You know, I, I would say it is valueless from my from my point of view, but also it's it's freaking dangerous. Yeah. I remember reading not Mysterium, but Psychology and Alchemy. Mm -hmm. It's like collected what it's twelve or something like, like that. Yeah, it's I, um, Thirteen. Thirteen. Alchemical studies. Is, is uh, whatever. Oh, no, psychology and Alchemy. Yeah. Yeah. Mysterium is the Near near the beginning, of that he goes on about like ion-based things. He's yeah. talking about how the. the human soul is like Christ because it's always held in the balance between good and evil. That fucked me up. That fucked me up. Yes. This, yeah. is, like, this yeah. is the material I'm meant to be drawn to, so I think it is valueless, completely, from my personal opinion. And um, don't read it. Because I wonder what reason would you read it other than amusement? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and even then, yeah. why wouldn't you watch yeah. TV or yeah. read something better? I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the real world, that, that's what it's like. In the virtual world, you can imagine anything you want, and you can play around with this. And Carl Jung is the next messiah, and Edward Edinger was his prophet. You can do that because Edinger, you know, bless him, should have known better. He was a psychiatrist, allegedly. So the, the way that he performed would have got him sectioned by his own hospital if he'd have come in and produced that outside of the context which legitimised it by saying it's Jungian depth psychology. I'm being serious here, you look at the actual content of the material that walks abroad inside psychiatric units. Jung knew this because that's where he discovered it. He discovered it walking around in the Bergholzli and he internalised it. It definitely destabilised him. It's, it's, it's funny to me in a strange way because the way you're describing it, I can imagine a sitcom with yeah. Young and Edinger and the all the lads in there, all of them slowly go yes. mad. That's a novel I've got in right here. It's really? yeah. called yeah. Shrinkwrapped. Yeah. <laughs> a Tower of Babel building where all these different schools of psychotherapy are. And there's a psychopunk in there who's just the janitor, who's the wisest of the wise, and they all think he's stupid. And all these different patients come in and go through the different forms of therapy, working through the Tower of Babel. But the guy who knows what's going on is the janitor. The guy who flushes the toilet. <laughs> the guy who cleans the floor. Exercise and humility there. Absolutely. Uh, and that is a pure Jungian take on that kind of establishment mm. because the psychopomp is the humble guy. The guy who knows nothing and knows everything. 
this has definitely become a reading list video. How, how, how shall we manage this? Should we go back and finish the thing, Father Complex, and then return back to this? Yeah. Because you, you, the reason why I say reading list is because you've done studies on hysteria, collected works to ion, psychology and alchemy, mysterium, the imperial animal. The, the imperial, well, yes. I mean, that would be in the Father <coughs> Complex one. Yes, it's, 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 it's yeah, yeah. We, we could do a proper uh, a proper one on, on a reading list. Yeah, I'm sorry this is wandering off, it's just the way it's Well, that's it, it's like... Um... So what happens when I don't sleep, when the defence mechanisms go down, it just sort of pours out, yeah. All the, the, um, yeah, the... Crazy intuition. The yeah. Edinger Complex comes out straight away. Yeah, that, that was obvious that was going to happen, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the new messiah and Edward Jones is prophet, yeah. Prophet FIT, no doubt. As happens with uh, certain coloured portfolios that are being produced in series at the moment. The black box. <laughs> coloured portfolios. Thank you for watching this episode of Young to Live By. If you haven't already, make sure you download our free PDF for integrating your shadow. It includes the most advanced theory on the topic available anywhere on the internet, as well as a full practical breakdown. If you've ever wanted to integrate your shadow, this is honestly the way to do it. Thanks again for watching and take care.